Conversations podcast, and we are so excited to have Justin and Laurel Eccles with us for our podcast today. And it's so good to um, know that the Vine has been a part of sending people um, locally and globally among neighbors and nations. And so, Justin Laurel, it's so good to have you back on our podcast. How are you guys doing today? We're doing really good. Thank you, Zach. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Laurel, how about you? Yeah, doing good. The sun is shining here in Ecuador. Yeah. It's a good day. So for those of for those at the Vine who might be new, um, there's probably not many, but let's just assume that there are some new folks that don't really know you guys and what you're doing for the last six, seven months, um, eight months maybe, I haven't counted. Um what are you guys doing? What's what? How did all this come about of you guys living in Ecuador? Yeah, we are living life in Ecuador now, and uh, we've been here seven months. But we were prior to that, and I guess we still are members of the Vine, and we were at the Vine for uh, six years. six years. And uh, Laurel was on staff with the Vine, and I was an elder, and uh, we felt the calling to. Uh, joining God's work here in Ecuador. We were actually asked by Stephen Sandy to to interview for this position. Um, Prior to that, we were both um, working, employed in in Madison. And prior to that, we were students. And prior to that, we were missionaries for 13 years in Turkey. How did your experience in Turkey... um inform and impact what you what you've been doing for the last seven months well that's a good question Zach. wow <laughs> that's a really big question so when we went to istanbul i think the adjustment period um was more significant than the adjustment period here there was a lot of fear there was a lot of Um, learning to adapt to a new culture. There was a lot of cross-cultural experiences that were, um, that shaped us. And so I think this time around the decision to move overseas, there was a way less fear. There was a lot less unknowns. There was uh, much more trusting of the Lord and much more laid back. Like, you know, this isn't a big deal, Mm -hmm. right? If, If this goes wrong or that goes wrong, you know, we've, We've been through a lot living in the Middle East that has um, allowed us to grow in what it means to trust God with with big things and and little things. Yeah. Yeah. So like you weren't surprised if there was going to be culture shock like that, like you've been through that before. It's probably going to happen again. So the second time around, it's maybe not quite as jarring, even though it's not easy or I'm sure there's lots of other things like that. Right. We were able to recognize it. In fact, we were driving to Ambato and both of us were in, in a little bit of a funk and we just said, we've hit the six month mark and this is pretty typical. And mm-hmm. just being able to name it and understand it and talk about it. Whereas when we were overseas the first time, 
it just was a much stronger um, response and difficult to to persevere through. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, Paul talks about suffering quite a bit in um, service to God. And there's a there's this one little section that we read this morning that I think is um, really characterizes what it means to follow God into this type of work. And even going to a place like the Middle East that we were told from from people time and time again, you know, all that awaits you in the Middle East is suffering. You're going to you're going to go and you're going to suffer. It's going to be hard. And so here's Paul's words in Acts 20, um, verse 22. And now I'm going to Jerusalem, drawing there, drawn there irresistibly by the Holy Spirit, not knowing what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit has told me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. And here's Paul going into it boldly, just knowing that following God is the right thing to do. And I think that's what, you know, especially at, when we were young and we were going to um, a Muslim culture, it, it, it was just like, you know, we're going to go there because we feel called there by the Holy Spirit, even though we know that I'm risking my wife's life and my children's life and my own life going into this. Mm-hmm. Because it, it was right before we left, people had died in, in Turkey. Yeah. Serving God. Yep. Yep. Well, there's a lot we could um, unpack there that I'd love to come back to, but I want to I want to return to the person who's listening who might not totally know or remember what it is exactly you guys are doing down there. Can you just paint a paint a thirty thousand foot view of of the ministry that you guys are helping to lead down there? Sure. So we are the directors of Compassion Connection here in Ecuador, and Compassion Connection is um, uh, an organization here that teaches and trains pastors and church leaders in in correct theology and good theology. I think the statistic is like 87% of all pastors here have no little to no education. Some of them um, have um, just a fifth or eighth grade education level. And so that's the main thing Compassion Connection does is that we provide training. It's a three-year training cycle. Um, It covers all the same classes that a seminary would cover. And we bring pastors and teachers from the States down um, to teach at these, these trainings. And so that's one arm. The next arm is, is that we help plant churches here in Ecuador. We partner with Acts 29 and we help plant churches in Ecuador and support new church plants. Um, And the third thing we do is help restore communities. That is partnering churches with how to serve love and embrace the marginalized here in Ecuador. And so we do that a lot through orphanages. Compassion Connection has a partnership with two orphanages here. And so we model that and and then encourage and help equip the churches to not just serve their own community, but to reach out to the the community in need around them. So those are the three main things that Compassion Connection does. Wow. Well said, Laurel. You got that down pat. (laughs) I've said it a few times. (laughs) That's great. That's really good. Really good. That's a a great explanation of what um, you guys are doing. And man, as a church, we're so excited about that because that's our heart as well. So what's been the best thing about living in Ecuador? Well, we, when we came, it wasn't a brand new ministry. This is a ministry that's been going on for eight years. Yeah. And Steve and Sandy have been in Latin America for something like 20. And so we came into a position that had was already established and Steve and Sandy had done a great job of leading. 
And we had teammates that mm-hmm. were doing jobs that, that, I mean, really outstanding work. And so it was so wonderful to come into something that was already established and just be part of it for a while and then slowly come into um, being directors of it. And, and now, you know, sort of, you know, just probably for the next couple of years, just maintaining, I mean, just doing status quo and, and, and continuing the work. And we will be, you know, making slight things that changes that will be our own, but it's so wonderful to come into something that's already established and working. Yeah. We're so grateful for Lucio, Gabby, and Mike, who are our teammates, the work that they do. I would yeah. agree. Just such an outstanding staff. Mm-hmm. They have surrounded us and loved us and helped us in so many ways and become like family to us. Mm-hmm. And so that's been really, really great. I think the other thing for me that's been, that's been, well, two other things that have been nice for me. Just, well, you do one, then I'll do one because it's we're going oh, back okay. We're going back and forth. Okay. The other thing is, um, when we were in Istanbul, Justin and I had slow mornings together. And for 13 years, we'd get up together and have coffee before the kids got up and read our Bibles and talk and pray together. And then when we moved back to the States, we were students and had jobs and we had our kids who were teenagers. And so that just kind of went away for a while. And so it's been really, really fun to have those long mornings again mm-hmm. together. And when I say long, I mean, we get up at 6, 6 a.m. Um, You're not in your pajamas all day? No, <laughs> although we do have pajama days. Um, yeah, and so that's been really, really nice. Justin gets up and he starts the fire and I make coffee and we sit and we both read and then we talk and then we pray. And so I really, really enjoy that. Yeah. And it, the Ecuadorian culture is so awesome. I mean, it's a, it certainly is a place that is needy for spiritual teaching, but the culture itself is, is very humble and gentle and it, it has a family caring for family is a, is something they really prize in this culture. And so you can see families doing stuff together, playing games outside. And it's such a beautiful place to um, exist in this, in this culture. Mm-hmm. And my puppy, Rosie. (laughs) (laughs) You guys got a new dog. We did. Our first dog that we've ever had is a married couple. And so she's been a joy. She's kind of naughty too. Yeah. But uh, yeah, your, your, your two dogs play an important role in the team, right? They do. They're, they're guard dogs. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, Summer woke us up, the power went out and there was kind of an explosion just a week ago and we were still awake and noticed all the power went out. And that's unusual. So we looked out the window and noticed the power was out all over this area. Wow. Summer went nuts and just yeah. started barking and barking and barking and barking. Yeah. So I called Gabby and eventually it came to light that six burglars had broken into the Institute right by us, tied up the guards and stolen some computers. Oh no. And so Summer um, did her job and she uh, was a great warning that there was something going on, that there were strangers in the, in the area. So. Wow. Wow. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad for that. I'm glad for Rosie, that. Rosie stood on her patio and watched and gave a few yips, but, but summer was out there. She was at the gate ready to Rosie's jump. Rosie's in it. training. Rosie's in training. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. What, what else have you guys learned about Ecuadorian culture that you, that you've grown to appreciate? Like Justin said, they're, they're welcoming and hospitable. They're kind and gentle. We feel, um, 
like very welcomed by them and embraced and loved by them. What else would you say, Justin? I think that they've, they show a, a, a great hard work character. Um, they're, they're not, a, it's not a lazy culture at all. And um, I, th- I feel like they, they um, are really interested in, in cooking um, great food and, and uh, doing things that you would assume like are the structure of, of like great family values that seems like in America, we don't necessarily um, see the same things that we saw when we were like, when you, when you were a child, Zach, you probably had, you went to the park and you saw families playing in the park and yeah. you're throwing the football around and outside, maybe cooking over a fire and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's, I, I feel like that's all here that they do that. And I, I miss that in American culture now, nowadays. Yeah. I think they value relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the most important things to them is they'll drop drop anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and you feel like that's in contrast to your experience in the States? Mm-hmm. Just different? Yeah, it feels very scheduled in the States. You have to plan right. it out and you only right. have an hour or half an hour. Yeah. Right. And they seem to um, not, they seem to be very content, content with what they have. In yeah. our experience, I mean, we haven't had a ton of experience, but they just seem content. Yeah. Like not always searching for bigger, better, not upsizing, not. Yeah. 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 That's definitely something I think that marks our culture is a lack of contentment. And um, yeah, that's, that's good. It's a good reminder for me. And I think that rings true with my experience, my short experience in Ecuador and the people I've met there, they, they seem to carry themselves that way. So what about things that have just been things that have been challenging um, in terms of uh, just jumping cultures or, you know, things that we can be, these burdens that we can bear with you, you know, as a church, you know? We've had some health issues um, even now, and you can pray for this. Mike just got out of the hospital. He was jogging and he, he um, passed out fell on his shoulder and so and they think it just to remind mike is one of your team members yeah Yeah. mike is mike is the director of the um trainings and so he's has an essential role you really count on him and and so him and his wife are scared about that of course and they don't fully know what happened but and so laurel has had health issues as well um and uh it's sort of it's sort of hard to um, really jump into stuff and, and, and work hard if, if you don't feel good, right. if, you're, if you're in pain. Right. And so uh, I really feel like that we need to continue to pray that just God will protect us from that and that mm-hmm. we have able, able bodies so that we can do the work that that's ahead of us. Yeah. Laurel, you've had some significant back issues and, and I know the church has known about that and we've been praying for you in that. You want to give us an update on how that's going? Yeah, we had a couple of doctor's appointments and had a physical therapist who was here for the celebration come down and be able to rule out pretty much almost everything. And what they've narrowed it down to is um, like I either bruised or maybe slightly fractured, or it's even possible that I broke my coccyx, which is the very tip of your tailbone. Sure. Which, as you can imagine, just is really hard because any sit you're in pain and the only way to 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 heal is not to sit right um 
Yeah. So it is, it is better. I, I no longer have radiating pain down my legs, which is good. And I just yes. have to be careful about how long I sit and I have a great donut pillow now. <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> that, uh, Justin's parents brought down for us. Yeah. So it is, it is better. I was able to start working out this week, which for me was a regular part of my life for years, I right. mean, for as long as I can remember. And I haven't been able to do anything since pretty much we got here. So it's felt really good to be able to do um, some light workouts again. Yeah. It made it difficult to try to figure out transportation as well. I mean, that this is a prayer need as well. Um, we, we don't travel together as a team because we don't have a vehicle that allows us to go to these trainings all together. And so some take the bus and some drive separately. And the vehicle that we have right now is not comfortable for Laurel's back. It's a, just a, it's kind of a small uh, truck. And so um, it's been, those are, there's some struggles with um, just being able to figure out how that we do stuff as a team together mm-hmm. and uh, the team is growing. And so there's, there's a, uh, Sandy didn't usually go on these trips. And so it's Laurel and I, and three teammates. And now since Mike is married, his wife would like to travel with us as well, which is normal. We've got two interns and we'll have two interns. And so it's just like this growing team, the logistics of getting from one place to another all together is just becoming more and more difficult to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I would say the other thing that's been really hard is we just, we miss our kids a lot. We're a very close family and yeah. This is the first time we've been apart from them. And so that's been really, really hard, a lot harder than we anticipated. Yeah. That, and then missing our church community. Yeah. I mean, we love, we love the vine. We love Madison. We love our friends there. Thank you for sending Zach vine church. We, yeah. we really appreciate Zach's visits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a joy. It's a joy. Um, yeah. I'd like to talk more about the, the relationship with your kids and, that, that is a, um, something that I think about a lot as I, if I put myself in your shoes is the, just the physical distance between you guys and your two kids that are, um, both in college now, how, how are you guys seeking to navigate that and, and, um, have perseverance in the midst of that, that, that pain. When we went overseas the first time there was no iPhones. Mm-hmm. There was no such thing as Skype. There was just, right. you had to arrange a phone call via email with the mm-hmm. time difference. And so um, we're really thankful for modern technology. Mm-hmm. I think we, we text our kids probably every day and we talk just, you know, we just try and have those normal conversations with them as often as we can. Um, we meet our son on a Minecraft server and play <laughs> video games with him together. <laughs> It's almost awesome. like being with him because his avatar is standing right there in front of us. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we do that. Yeah. It's, we pray for them a lot. We let them know we're praying for them, but just try and be as available as we can and not put, not put pressure. It can kind of feel like this phone call really matters and it can get really intense really fast and just sure. learning, learning to take a, a, a step back and just say, my daughter's just driving to work and she just wanted to give me a call. And so I'm just going to chat with whatever she wants to chat about knowing that there's more opportunity for more conversation. Yep. Yep. And it's an interesting, I think, I think to the Lord, I was having a hard day and I, 
and I texted Hannah and I just said, I'm really missing you today. And this is really hard. And I said, sometimes it's just, it's hard to feel like it's worth it. And Mm -hmm. I struggle with, with loving my kids, you know, sometimes more than I love God. And that's, that's not right, but I do really love them. Mm -hmm. She texted back. She just said, mom, it is worth it. Mm -hmm. It is worth it. Mm -hmm. And her faith and her ability to trust Mm -hmm. is encouraging, is encouraging to us. Yes. And then a few weeks later, it was, it was mission sending at her church. They were sending a team to Japan and she texted me and she's like, I'm a puddle. I'm a mess. Is it worth it? And then I did the reverse. I'm like, yes, yes. It is worth it. I'd like to read this, the next two verses in Acts 20. I I read 22 and 23. And then here's Paul's um, response to being called into something that he knows will be difficult and he will suffer. Verse 24, but my life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about God's wonderful kindness and joy. So we we use these words to um, inspire us to understand that our life here on earth is can be can be worthless if we don't follow God and do his do the work that he calls us to. Yeah. And so we want to have we want to have a, a worthwhile life. We want to have a, a life that we know will honor the things that God is calling us into. And it's, it, it's hard, it's difficult, but when we come back to verses like this, it's so encouraging um, to, uh, to just trust him in everything. I think yeah. the other thing we do with our kids is that we're honest about it when it's hard. Yes. And we, we tell each other when we're missing one mm-hmm. another, Hannah's getting mm-hmm. ready to get married and she's shopping for things for the wedding. And she just says, I miss you. Mm-hmm. And we just talk about it. We talk about what's hard about it. We're honest about it. And I think that that's helpful too. It's just not to pretend it's not hard would be um, difficult. So I think there has to be an honesty and processing it together and, and then continuing to grieve before, before the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, we are inspired by your guys's example and um, I know it's inspiring to me. And just to see the continual provision of God as you go, just in the testimonies you just articulated about two simple phone calls or text messages, um, that's that's evidence of, of God's grace to, to give you perseverance and mm-hmm. that your family is still united. You know, that's, that's beautiful. And that your kids are supportive of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... What is the, what's the future hold for you guys as you look, I mean, I don't want to be presumptuous about the next five years or whatever, but just in terms of what you guys are dreaming about, what you guys are excited about for the next three, six, nine months. Um, yeah. What, what are some things that, that you're looking forward to? Well, the, the most recent future is not necessarily things that we're most excited about about the work here because our daughter is getting married and so yeah <laughs> i know maybe it's not the answer you're looking for no, that's but good. that's good um we do love our children and love our daughter and look forward to returning and celebrating we love asher too that ma- the, the marriage <laughs> between her and her fiance we love asher too yeah um, we, we look forward to to returning and coming to madison so that we can attend the vine and and uh, be with our our um, 
church family mm-hmm. in Madison. And so that's that's really something we've been sort of planning and looking forward to. There's a ton of trainings coming up. I mean, in, in two weeks, we'll have a another training here and we'll have a, we'll have a meeting today about it. And so that's exciting. It is yep. the, the next training cycle begins in two weeks and you'll yeah. be coming down yep. for that. Zach. We're excited yep. for that. And then we have a, yeah, we've got our new training cycle. So it means we have three trainings. We travel every, every three and a half weeks to a different location for three months. And we get to follow up with relationships mm-hmm. and people and those are always good language immersions for us. Yeah. And it's good bonding time for the team too. So I, I really look forward to training weeks. They're hard work yeah. and we come home exhausted, but that's, that's the heart of what we're here to do. And mm-hmm. so for me, that's, that's exciting. Yeah, me too. The first trip home after you move overseas is always very exciting too. Yeah. We're looking forward to being in Madison for a couple of weeks. In so you'll June. be here in May and then you'll be here in, in August. August. Yep. Yep. Great. Well, we look forward to seeing you. We've had a couple um, weeks where there hasn't been as much stuff going on. And so we've taken the opportunity to visit some churches. And so we look forward to the future of what it means to be part of these churches that are close to us and, and uh, have relationships with the pastors. Pastor Claudio is one of those uh, churches yeah. that we yeah, we had a great time at Claudio's church. It was it was really fun. He's a good pastor. Yeah, we're looking forward to sending a team in uh I always get this screwed up. I think it's October. Is it October yeah. or is it November? October. It's October. It's October. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh we're looking forward to that. Um that's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, thank you so much for joining us and kind of giving us an update on on your life. And um is there anything in closing we can be praying for you guys about specifically? I think continue to pray for us that we have good, rich, deep times in the word that we continue to pray about all things. You can pray for our team to continue to grow in unity. We, um, I think organizations like this and like a church, I think, you know, that it's, um, it can be a battle sometimes Mm -hmm. and that the enemy like would like to come in and destroy the ministry here. So just praying for perseverance, for eyes wide open, for unity on our team um, and for good visit and connecting time with our kids. When we return Mm -hmm. in a couple weeks, you can pray for the trainings. Um, You can pray for us. Um, We're, we're thinking about raising money for a van for our team. So you could be prayerful about that. Yes. Yeah. You can pray for um, just Steve and Sandy's transition as well. They've, they've just left uh, the position of directors and they're returning to the States for stateside advocacy. And uh, so it's not a retirement. It's a, just a transition in, in roles. And so um, you can pray for our relationship with them as we continue to lead um, in, in a different way. And, and they, they transition to leading in a different way as well. Yeah. And so we, we love them and, and uh, want to have our relationship with them just stronger and stronger as we, as we get to know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Well, we will be praying about those things and uh, we so look forward to seeing you guys probably in a few weeks here and we are thankful for you and we're um, so glad that we can be connected to you. And it's a loss for us in terms of not seeing you guys, all the time, but it's a win for Ecuador and we're, we believe in the generosity of God in sending. And so you guys represent that and we're really, really thankful for it. So 
We love you and uh, we will see you soon. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, Zach. Thank we you, love you too. Church. And we love, yeah, we love, we love the vine. Yeah.